This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Nuss. That's right, you heard it here first. I am the host of this show, and you are here. Here we all are. Uh, let's go ahead and dive in with our great thing. Uh, this weekend, so a while ago, if you follow me on Instagram, I am obsessed with old furniture. I think it's a thing of pure beauty and joy. I love it. I'm so here for it. I spent too much money buying things that fell apart that I would just have to send to the um, dump because it just didn't last. And I took an old dresser. I love like redoing things, rethinking things. I'm so inspired by people who do this, who take something that's old and make it something new. And the beauty of older products is that, oh, I don't know, they actually last more than a year. Seriously. Um, and so I'm here for it. I'm here for all things redone, all things rethought, all things old brought to new in it, to win it, good people. So I was driving through the town that I grew up in, and it was right around the time that I had this, like, boom, epiphany idea that I was going to start this business, and it was going to have all this old, eclectic, beautiful furniture in it. Like, not only would it be this space where people gather and and come up with thoughts. It would have to be an inspiring space that looked different than other spaces that existed. And blah, blah, blah. That's a whole down the road type initiative and idea. But I thought that's what I'm going to do. And if that's what I'm going to do, I should just start collecting <laughs> chairs and definitely chairs. Let's start with chairs. We can, we will have other furniture, but like here for the chairs. Let's start collecting these chairs. So if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen this yellow chair that just looks so tragically mistreated, but I could see the potential in said chair. And it was free sitting on someone's curb and then it also fit perfectly into my trunk, and I am so here, beyond here for that, okay? So, I pick up the chair, and I put it in my garage where all good dreams and ideas go to die, and this weekend, we're like, let's clean up this lawn. We have a tree that produces acorns, which I I don't know if you're aware, but that is the most tragic thing that could happen to your life. Please don't have an acorn tree. Anyways, it like just leaves this blanket of disgusting everything. And we have three majorly big trees on our property and our property is all of about two steps big. So the amount of leaves and acorns and sticks that we produce on our ground in any given year is like upwards of a million. And we have no grass and no nice backyard because of these trees. And our energy bills thank them. The amount of savings that we have on 
heat and air and all the things because of these trees is a beautiful thing. And so they're not going away. Also, when I was making my checklist of what my dream house had to have, one of those things was trees. Okay. And I'm beginning to come up with a new checklist of what my other house needs to have. (laughs) And one of those things may be no trees. (laughs) They're high maintenance, but I'm here for it. They look beautiful and I love the shade and the beauty and the wonderfulness that trees do create. So I'm un... I don't really have a decision on what the trees do. So yesterday we cleaned up the ground. We raked harder than I like to think about raking. I actually pulled something in my arm doing this aggressive raking And in that cleanup also came the cleanup of the garage, the bringing out of the outdoor furniture, the beauty that shall exist in our outside spaces, okay? And this chair came up for debate. Hannah, are we doing anything with this chair? Are we just collecting old furniture in our garage? I need to know. It is important that you tell me what's going on with all of this old furniture that you have collected. Okay. And I lovingly responded that that chair is going up in my office, good people. And we took to that chair with the cleaningest clean fingers that we could possibly have. And we cleaned said chair. And it's a yellow chair. Duh. And so it was super dirty. And my husband's like, you won't even get that out. That's such a drab looking chair. Why would you have even grabbed that free chair? And I said, hey, it was free. I don't even stand for the type of complaints that you are having right now because this is in our price point. Free is for us all. Get behind it, good sir. And so he proceeded to get behind it, not help clean, but he did see the beauty in that chair. And now the chair is under me in my office of eclectic, beautiful things. This chair sits and I can't be any more here for this chair than I was before and always will be. Please understand, good people, this chair is what is supposed to be in life, okay? This chair speaks to so many other good things, and it's here. It's real, and it was free, and it's clean now, and it's so beautiful, and I can't even begin to unthink this chair being in this space. It's here, and it is here for a reason. We all are, and so I am feeling so great about my chair, being in my space, being here as a thing of beauty and inspiration and movement. This chair speaks volumes of wonderful into my life. And so I'm so here for this. So my great thing was getting the chair cleaned. Also all the other things, but more than anything, the most important thing is that I am coming to you from this blessing of a life, aligning of the stars chair right here in my
speaking things of true beauty and joy. Here for it. So that's my great thing. We all have great things. Duh. We're the greatest. So if you want a chance to share your own great thing, you can head over to nessink.com. That's where you'll find like one scroll. You'll find submit your great thing, which when I think about how I wrote that, it really makes no sense, but you should do it anyway. So you can submit your great thing for a chance to be featured right here on the death of a dream. I know it's kind of scary, right? You're going to tell a bunch of strangers your great thing. What will they think of you? They will think that you're great. And if they don't, too bad. Go join another circus, good people, because this is not the one for you, I promise. If we can't find space to celebrate each other, then too bad. And and like two weeks ago, I was like, geez, people are probably getting tired of hearing of my greatness, you know? Um, here's the thing. This is a practice. It is built. It will make you wildly uncomfortable. And through that discomfort, you will find comfort here, good person. And what is the most important part of all of this is that you get behind yourself and your greatness. That's the significance of the practice. And I cannot and will not back down from my own great things. Do you want to know what was great about my day yesterday? this weekend that I cleaned my chair that I've been wanting to put in this space and I realize that to you maybe that seems insignificant and small and hopeless and terrible for me to even be excited about but here I am showing up signing up assigning that is my great thing and I want you to do the same thing for your life and I know it sounds crazy. It seems so small. Seems so insignificant. No good people. Anything that you assign as great is great. And so it is done. So we're going to dive in. I finished um, my book that I've been reading and I finished it. I can't wait to reread it because I soak in so many different things um, when I do get a chance to reread. But I finished a book, good people. You heard me. I finished a book. So I had an advanced reader's copy of Jen Hatmaker's Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire. And that is exactly what this book is. I can't even tell you. Um, it is available for pre-order anywhere that you get your books. So go ahead and search for it. Comes out the end of this month, so the 21st. And if you need a good read, this is it. This is going to push you. This is going to pause you. This is going to help you to breathe and live in the fierceness that you see for your life. And I can't even begin to tell you. I think what's beautiful about this book is that it's not like pushing you beyond your own limits. It's just allowing you to live where you are, but to live true. And I think she gives so many beautiful pointers on how to do that and how to release yourself from where you are and how you're holding yourself back. So I can't say it enough times. Pick up this book. I'm going to read you a piece that spoke to me um, that I can't even begin to unread. 
I can't even begin to unthink into my life. And I'm sure when she wrote this, she was like, oh, this is probably a small, insignificant piece of the book. I don't know how this will touch anyone. And I don't even think she wrote it to touch anyone. Um, but when I read it, I like closed my book and I needed a second to sit with what was just said. And I'll go ahead and encourage behavior like that. Um, when you're reading or when you're taking in a podcast, I talked about, uh, last week about how I had to like pause this podcast because it was just blowing my mind beyond comprehension. I had to actually stop, full stop, and take a breath. And I had to just keep pausing this podcast because it would just blow my mind and I know that I need to come back to it and trust good people. I will, um, actually... I'm about to push download because I realize that I keep buffering it when I have moments of silence and I need this to be downloaded and available for my good life and hearing ears. So here for it, here for you taking the chance to pause. So when I read this portion of the book, I had to full pause. I had to put the book down for about three hours to recover from what was said. I know. I'm such a deep feeler. I'm sorry. So in the book, Fierce Free and Full of Fire, there's this portion where she's talking about yeses and how you should say yes. And not only yes, but hell yes, which is an expert from another, um, I believe it's a TED Talk, but I'm sure they went on to write other things about this movement. So I'm just going to read the whole paragraph and then we'll go on to talk about it. I like this. Some of my greatest memories and successes have been just on the other side of yes. Admittedly, some of us are simply wired for enthusiasm. Enneagram 7s, for example, were put on this earth to experience big yes lives. I parent a 7. And she once told me, Mom, do you know what my greatest fear is? That despite all of my dreams, I will end up working in a cubicle. I can't even watch office shows, Mom. They make me feel dark inside. Well, God bless America. Some of us will find yeses easier than others, but will likely struggle with the noes, which we'll get to. I'm just going to go ahead and point out the fact that the person you're listening to speaking right now is an Enneagram 7, which means big lives, big unapologetic lives, right? And when I read this, the reason that it hit me is because, well, I have the exact same greatest fear for my own life. Like, I can't even unhear those words if I wanted to. And it made me begin to think and recall and realize that I'm scared of that too. And yet, here I am. 
working in an office job. You've heard me, if you've listened for more than a day, talk incessantly about how sad it makes me that people say, just live in the dream. Happy Friday. Can't wait to get to the weekend. It makes me so sad. Because when you think about where you spend your life, why? Why would you sign up for anything that isn't that? And then I'm sitting here thinking about how hypocritical I am to say those things because I think and feel the same exact way. Where it's just like, great, can't wait to get out of here. You know? And I sit here and I talk about those people and how sad I am for those people. And yet I am one of those people. Living in the misery of what the world looks like, right? When she says, mom, my greatest fear is despite all of my dreams, I'll end up working in a cubicle. I work in a cubicle. It is not only her greatest fear as a seven, it is mine as well. It is the scariest and saddest thing that I may ever do in my life. I know. And after I read those words and took a good hard pause, I started to think through every moment of my time spent in a cubicle and how every moment I've been trying to break down the walls. And it made me realize that maybe the cubicle wasn't wrong. Maybe I was wrong for trying to sit myself there. Maybe I was wrong for not thinking outside of those four walls. Yeah, the short walls that don't even go all the way up to the ceiling, right? They're just like built-in makeshift spaces where you're supposed to have all of this creativity and beauty happening in your head surrounded by spaces that are made for, I don't know what's made to sit in there, but not big thoughts, not big ideas, not dreams, right? Cubicles aren't made for that. And maybe they are made for that for some people, but good people, sevens like me, like Jen Hatmaker's daughter, are not made for spaces like that. And she is not wrong for thinking that. Office shows make me sad too. Not only office shows, my own office realities that I'm surrounded by. And when I read those words, I was just like, think of how many times you've been trying to undo the office spaces that you've ended up in. They weren't wrong. You were. You're not the right fit because you're not supposed to be. Office spaces aren't built for you, good seven. Yellow and color and wonder and beauty and fire and fierceness. That's built for you. It's no wonder you don't feel right there. It's no wonder you're burdened by the sadness of your surroundings. You don't fit here. 
you're not supposed to. Why do you keep trying to fit here? And as I thought all of these thoughts around this thing, and I had this big thought and idea, and I once again become disgusted by the, uh, by the level of sadness that I feel for myself, for everyone, and just really become disgusted by the sadness, by the feeling. Why, Hannah, why do you feel this way? It's not even healthy. Get over yourself. Get over it, get over it, get over it. You are not the only one suffering. By and large, you are the least suffering person that probably exists here. Get over it. Be happy. If you don't want to sign up for the wretched sadness, then just don't. Then just be grateful. Then just be thankful. Then just don't sign up for it. That's it. That's all you got to do, good sister. You just have to show up. And you know what? I tried that. I tried over and over and over again for the last 10 years. I tried. And I would show up and it would only last so long. And after I read that, After I read this life-shaking comment written in this book, I realized that's it. You weren't built to be here. That space isn't wrong. You aren't wrong. You're just wrong for each other. Right? And she says, despite all of my dreams... I'll end up working in a cubicle. And this is what I want to say to her and to myself and to anyone who's fighting the same fight. Your dreams will never leave you there. They will never put you there. Your fear will. Dreams are beautiful and meant to lead you to spaces where you belong. Dreams will take you there. Fear will take you to the cubicle. Dreams won't lead you wrong. Fear will. Fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of standing out, fear of looking different. Fear will take you to these places. Fear will hold you hostage in situations you never dreamt for your life. Fear is going to do that to you. Fear did that to me. That's the very standings of this exact podcast. That's the premise. Fear. The death of a dream is about fearing the space 
that I was coming back from. Right? Think about it. I had this dream life that was going to happen well outside of a cubicle. Extremely outside of it, in fact. And when that dream died, I started dreaming from a fear space. Right? I couldn't dream bigness back into my life because I was too scared to fail again. I couldn't dream like a seven. Dreaming like a seven got me here. Dreaming like a seven built this big, scary reality that you might not make it. So, I started dreaming in safer spaces. I got put in a cubicle. Right? And I would think that the only thing that needed to change was just that the cubicle walls needed to come down and that we needed to rethink this space and that it really wasn't me. It was just the space. The space was uninspired. The cubicle was, you know, threatening my very existence. I'm too big to live here. And the cubicle itself stands as something that seems small and insignificant and probably silly. And yet, here we are, talking about it, thinking about it, realizing that This seven's fears that are brought up in this book. Are the same as mine. Your dreams may not live where you are today. But that doesn't mean that you've gone wrong. It means that you can show up different. That you deserve the dreams, right? That you deserve whatever it is. You deserve to make it happen. You deserve your life as you see it. And I want that for you. Right? I want that for everybody. I want that for me. And when I read this, I couldn't help but feel stricken. I felt distraught even reading it because it it shocked my system. It shocked my Reality, it shocked me to my core. I couldn't unread the words. I couldn't unthink the thoughts. My thought here, good people, is that 
Your dreams will never leave you astray. They won't. They can't. They're too good and too pure and too beautiful. Fear will. Fear and your unwillingness to claim true space will take you to places the exact opposite of your dreams. Your dreams can't take you there. But your fear of even saying it out loud, your fear of even dreaming it in the first place, that will take you to spaces not made for you. And I know the scarier part is thinking it. The scarier part is starting to take steps towards it. The scariest part is recovering from where you are because of that fear. And I am right there with you, good people. I have the exact same fear spaces that I am currently living in. And we're all going to come back from this together. Here we go. Right? Your dreams exactly as you write them. Exactly as you write them and think them in your head. Are where you're supposed to go. It is not made for anyone else. It is not made for other people because of X, Y, and Z. Your life is made for you. Those dreams, those beautiful dreams and goals that you see in your head would not be put there if they were not possible. And so my biggest call to you is that you stop letting fear guide you. And that you start letting your dreams guide you. Your passions guide you. You should not be living in your biggest fear reality. I want truth for your life. I want beauty. I want it for you. And most of that comes from being able to say what that looks like. And can you do that for yourself? Can you take a moment to just think it? Now, I caution, once you think it, you can't unthink it and you can't unsee it. So you better be prepared to take a minute. Because some of us are going to dream dreams that call for more of us. For us to live like we want to actually live. And that is scary. 
Because the moment that you start doing that means that people are seeing you for you. And that may mean that they reject who you are, who you are showing up as. And that's okay. Because the pure people will find you. The people on the same journey, the ones who want the same things will find you. As long as you keep showing up. So that's all that we have today for the death of a dream. I'm so here for you continuing to show up, continuing to listen, continuing to be here for this, right? As always, you can find me on Instagram at hannah.nash. That's for like the pictorial version of what's going on here at the death of a dream. Um, All other things can be found at nussinc.com. You can check in with us. That's all we have today. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world.